Welcome to the Cares to Succeed podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Harris. The Cares to Succeed podcast is about delivering information that supports the development of small businesses. We offer suggestions of business improvement for your consideration based on decades of business ownership experience. The Cares to Succeed podcast is available on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Sponsored by Shore LLC, a small business consulting firm that specializes in sharing knowledge gained from years of experience and using the resources of talented associates to advise and guide you on a path to successful growth. In other words, we've been there and done that. Today's topic, building an effective sales team. I'm excited today because on this episode of the Carriage to Succeed podcast, I am joined by my friend and special guest speaker. Yep, I know you're tired of hearing my voice. So today I'm joined by the highly recognized guru of sales training, Mr. Thomas Ellis of EWC Consultants. Thomas is the author of a new book titled, Bud, Better, Unique, and Desirable, The Sales Process That Gets Results. Now I first met Thomas when the owners of one of the most successful small businesses that I've worked for asked me to consider taking over the sales management role. I've been serving as vice president of operations and had focused for almost five years at that point on improving the company's operations. I immediately accepted the challenge of taking over the sales management role, but knew that this was an area that I had little experience. And as I've shared with you previously on other Carriage to Succeed podcasts, when I'm faced with a new challenge, I go into my research mode. Part of my research led to my using LinkedIn as a tool to find additional resources to help me in this effort. I wanted to understand more about what was needed to build a strong sales team and what knowledge I needed in order to become a sales leader. I searched using keyword sales trainer and the name Thomas Ellis came up. I reached out to Thomas via LinkedIn and we worked together to build a very successful sales program at the company where revenue reached over $50 million. I invited Thomas to join me today to share some of the processes that he employed to help me build an effective sales program and sales team, and to share some nuggets from his new book. Thomas, how are you today? Dennis, I am fantastic. How are you, my friend? Doing well, doing well. So Thomas, Can you share with the Courage to Succeed audience the steps that you, the steps and thought processes that you go through 
to help a small business build and optimize a strong sales team? <clears throat> Dennis, that, that is an excellent question. And that is a, the foundation of most small businesses that I work with is building an effective sales team. And so if I go back and think about some of the companies that I've helped, you know, as I was preparing for this podcast, I thought about some key things that that are very important. And I'm going to refer to my notes here, but the first thing is to hire the right people. Okay. Right? You know, there's a saying that you have to make sure you have the right people on the bus, and so the first thing is to hire the right people. So how do you hire the right people? And this is where a lot of my small business customers uh, did not have an effective process, effective interview process. So we talked about things like what is your what is your ideal sales rep look like? What what qualifications do they need? Mm-hmm. What type of skills are you looking for? What type of emotional intelligence are you looking for? And in many cases, we do an assessment of to see if, if these people have the necessary skills. With the salespeople, it's important that we understand their drive and their motivation. And the other key thing in there is, are they coachable? Um, you know, you want to hire somebody that you can coach and develop. The second thing was we develop a sales process. So what type of sales process are we going to use that we can monitor and track activity? And so we come up with a basic format of finding a prospect, discovery calls, presentations, and closes. And so those four categories, so where are where is this customer in that process? And once you determine that, then you can determine what the strategy is moving forward. Okay. The third thing was we need ongoing coaching and development, right? So we used to do things like look at their pipeline. So every sales rep should have what we call a sales pipeline. And we would review those weekly with the salesperson. So they would walk into our office, sit down and begin to discuss the five or 10 accounts that they're working on, specifically where they are in the process, what type of conversations that they've had, what the next steps are, when they anticipate closing, and any help that they need from anybody internally to help them move their sale to a close. Mm Okay. Then we look at things like, you know, managing, I believe in in managing the activity, not the sale. Mm. Right? Because if we do everything properly up front during our the discovery phase, asking questions, finding out their issues, the sale is going to move along at a nice pace that we can actually monitor and come up with a, a, a close date. And then a little nugget that I, I like to throw in is is that inspect what you expect. Oh, wow. Okay. If you don't, that. if you don't expect it, 
Don't ex- don't inspect it. So, a, a, an example of that would be when you ask these salespeople to do their forecasting for the week or the month. Make sure that you sit down with them and go over that forecast. Dig down deep into that forecast with them so they can help you understand what revenues that you can project for the next 30, 60, 90 days. So those are some key nuggets in um, building an effective sales team. And on the fun side, have some fun and reward small things. Well, Thomas, you know, I remember, I I always like to share with my audience um, a a story or uh, an example of something that I actually personally went through uh, when when I'm sharing with them these, uh, you know, sort of information on on improving their business. I remember that when when I brought you on board, you immediately looked at my existing sales team and offered to do an assessment of each salesperson. And you had a tool that you actually used. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, And because I I think that that helped us to sort of mold and shape the team and figure out who the correct players or, or as you mentioned earlier, we put the, um, not only the, the correct players on the bus, but we put them in the correct seat on the bus uh, after exactly. going through that process. So talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that tool or, or you know, tools like that that you use to make an assessment. Okay. So I, I, I've been using assessment tools for a long time, and they're, they're, they're a good data point. It's not the end-all, cure-all, mm-hmm. but it gives you some data points that you may not have seen. So... There's a tool I use that is an online tool. Each, each sales trip goes online and, and answers these questions. And it gives us like an 80-page report. And in that report, at a very high level, it gives you information on things like the type of environment that they work best in. Mm-hmm. Right? That's important. Um, I had a client one time that I was helping him hire a person and he was the owner and he wouldn't have time to work with the salesperson. Okay. And so he wanted them to be independent and, and do their own mm-hmm. thing. When we took, when the, when the prospective employee took the assessment, it came clearly back, this person needs consistent supervision and guidance. Mm -hmm. So immediately that was a red flag. And I told the client, I said, listen, if you hire this person, they need constant supervision. You've already said that you can't do that. This may not be a good fit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's an example. It also would rate their sales skills. Okay, all of the sales skills, closing, prospecting, handling ob- objections, handling problems, it gives you an assessment of that. It also, there was a section in there that said, if you want to get the maximum out of th- this person, these are the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. 
So if you hired them, it kind of gave you a blueprint of how to manage Absolutely. Them. So I found those tools to be very, very helpful in finding good salespeople. And you know, I recall that after we did the assessment um, and I reviewed the results of the assessment, it prompted some very um, interesting conversations uh, with my sales team. Um, in fact, um, there were um, sales members on my team that uh, appeared extremely confident uh, in their sales abilities. And at some times, at some points, um, they were, um, it was a challenging um, conversation to have with them because of their level of confidence. That assessment sort of, uh, you know, helped to uh, point out some areas uh, that needed to be adjusted for each salesperson individually. And in those conversations, it allowed me to um, sort of rethink um, my strategy as a sales manager and how to um, better assist each salesperson individually um, to be successful. And so I found things like I had uh, team members that all I had to do is, is, is give them sort of a high level goal. Um, this is where we want to be. And they would take the ball and run with it and, and they would uh, hit all of the points. And then I had other team members that I had to, for lack of a better term, hold their hand or coach them along or be regularly involved with their development. Um, and so that, that assessment really helped me to not sort of cookie cutter, uh, have a cookie cutter sort of uh, approach to all the sales, like everybody has to be here at this time and everybody has to do this and everybody, had, you know, so I, I actually set up as a result of that uh, weekly meetings individually with each salesperson one-on-one -on -one, and, I, and I was able to address that salesperson based on their specific needs. Um, and so I you found are... that to be very helpful. That is that Dennis. That is probably the number one thing. Is if you're a sales leader, is to develop a program and plan with each individual because everybody's not the same. They don't have the same skill set. They don't learn the same mm -hmm. way. And so, but many many organizations, large and small, have this cookie cutter approach, and. It's not effective because you need to work with the individual on an individual basis to determine how do I get the maximum effort out of Johnny, okay? Mm -hmm. And then I have to get the maximum effort out of Mary. But it's two different individuals with two different thought processes, two different ways that they think about things, but I, ha I have to maximize that. And that assessment that you use really helps them and helps you to partner with them to get the same result that everybody else is getting, but it's a different path. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let me transition to this new book. So once again, to the Courage to Succeed audience, I'm here today with Thomas Ellis of EWC Consultants with his recently published book called Bud, Better, Unique, and Desirable. Let me show you this book because I have my copy here. 
this is the book. And later on in the show, Thomas will tell you where you can find a copy of this book. If you're trying to build a sales team, if you're a salesperson, I recommend that you take a look at this. Um, so Thomas, why did you feel the need to write a book on sales processes? So, you know, Dennis, I've been, uh, I've been in sales for a long time. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed is that people make the sales thing complicated. Mm-hmm. You talk to many people, oh, sales is so complicated. Well, sales is not complicated. If you follow certain processes and you can repeat them and you don't necessarily have to have a sales background to be an effective salesperson. And so a lot of the clients that I've worked with over the many years are people that are experts in their field, whether they're operations or finance, and they started their own company. And they had a fear of how do I sell? How do I sell my products and services? And so over the years, as I've coached and did presentations and workshops, I realized that people are more comfortable when you keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Right? So the first thing I do when I'm working with a new client is this. Let's not use the word sales. Let's use the word help. Hmm. Interesting. Right? Okay. Just, just replace the word with, just replace that sales with help, right? Now, help has an emotional feeling to it, right? Because if I walk up to you and say, Dennis, I need help with figuring out how to do this, your natural response is, let me see how I can help you, right? It's a natural innate human response. So that's the first thing I, I, I did. Then I talk about a process to where sales is nothing more than a bunch of great conversations with the same person over a period of time. That's all sales is at this root at the root base call level. But there are some things that happen in that process that you have to master, right? So you have to become good at asking questions to uncover what their problems are that they want to fix now. Notice I said want to fix now because every business has problems, but some of the problems you talked about, "Ah, well, yeah, we've been doing it that way for 25 years. It's okay. It's it's not critical. Mm -hmm. You need to find the areas that are critical to them that if they don't get these fixed, has a, a traumatic negative impact on their business. Okay. And so you you do that. Those are the questioning mm-hmm. part, right? So you learn how to ask better questions. You also learn to listen more effectively, right? Because keep in mind, this is a conversation, right? It's all about conversations. And the more conversations you have with that potential prospect, the more that you learn about them, what they like, and more importantly, how they buy, right? If you listen longer, people will tell you exactly how they're going to buy your products and services. And my book goes into a lot of detail about Mm -hmm. that, but it's very simple to apply. And I've many of my clients I work with that have bought the book, that have known me all these years, this book has helped me tremendously. Absolutely. So tell me, what is the bud? 
factor. Okay, the but factor, right? So it's better, unique, and desirable. So in the sales process, you want to be a but. You want to be better, right? So better. What is better? So <clears throat> better means I'm I'm prepared, right? I've done research on your company, you, and I kind of have an understanding of what problems you may have so I can prepare the conversation, which is going to involve a lot of questions in a conversational manner. That's better, Mm -hmm. right? I want to be better than anybody else. Unique is doing things that nobody does. Like the little things like showing up on early, Showing up early, okay. right? You know, unique is is truly understanding how to connect with that customer on a personal level. Okay, doing things like sending, uh, not email, but send something through the postal service. That's that's unique. Nobody's doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, it's those types of things, and this. Walking out of that meeting and having that customer saying, wow, I would love to do business with this person. I like where this is going. And the the D is being desirable. Okay. Right? People want to buy from people that they are desirable. So how do you become desirable, right? You're on time. You understand the customer's business. You give them solutions and options that make sense to them. You don't tell them. You help them understand, this is how I can get you from point A to point B. Does that make sense to, to, to you? So that's where I came up with the bud. I call it the bud factor. It's basically wowing that customer at every interaction that you have with them. Got it. So... um. Tell us about the sales mindset that you mentioned in the book. So sales, you definitely have to have, you have have to be in the moment, right? So if you're prospecting, say you, you say, so today I need to find two new people that I can go talk to. So that's the mind, that's the, the goal. So I need to get into the mindset of, I need to either make some phone calls, right? I need to go on LinkedIn, and I need to be focused on the mission. The mission for the next two hours is to find two people that I can set up an appointment with, Mm -hmm. right? And the mindset, you could take it uh, in any discipline that you want, is focusing on the task and doing the task and staying with the task. For example, you and I play golf. Absolutely. If if I want to be better putter, mm-hmm. okay, my mindset says I have to practice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I go out to the course or the, the range and I practice. Right. I'm not playing golf. I'm not doing my mind. I'm singularly focused for the next hour or two. I'm going to drop balls down. I'm going to set up my and I'm going to practice my putting mm-hmm. mindset. That's what I mean by mindset. Okay. Okay. One of the one of the things that um, 
cause hesitation with sales professionals is the fear of getting no as an answer. You have a chapter that talks about dealing with objections. Can you can you share a little bit of that? Yeah. So in the sales game, mm-hmm. right? No. Once again, you got to have the, the mindset that you're going to have no's, right? You may call 10 people and get nine no's, but you get that one yes, mm-hmm. right? And that one yes sustains you, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Because when you think about it, nobody bats a thousand, mm-hmm. right? If if you're a baseball player and you hit 333, you are in the Hall of Fame. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? You're you're in Hall of mm-hmm. Fame now. That's meaning that you get a hit one out of three times, right? <laughs> right. I mean, one out of three. So in the sales, in sales, the average salesperson is going to close thirty by twenty eight to thirty three percent of their opportunities. So that's a third. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have. The no. So if you have 10 people that you're talking to, seven people are going to tell you no. Mm. Three people are going to tell you yes. Mm. So we always wait. I say wait for the yes. Uh, Okay. But you got to keep the activity to get those yeses. So we used to have, years ago, I ran a large sales organization, and we used to have telemarketing blitz days. Mm -hmm. And, And we count the no's. Right, and we figured out for each salesperson what how many calls they needed to make to, to get a yes. Some people it was eight, some people it was twelve, some people twenty. Whatever your numbers were, mm-hmm. you could you can go. Well, if my number is ten and I made five calls, then out of the next five calls, I know I'm going to get an appointment. I got you. Mindset, mm-hmm. right? Mindset, and then the way that we handle objections is. In a positive way, mindset. Objections mean that this person that you're talking to has a level of interest. Mm, okay. Right? Think about that. If you go to a sales call and the person that has any questions, if you think back, you never sold those customers mm. because they weren't engaged. They didn't have any questions. Nobody has any questions. Mm-hmm. No objections. Right, so when you hear when you get an objection, you should be excited mm-hmm. because that says that the customer is engaged, and I need to fully understand what the objection is and how to I have, have the conversation with mm-hmm. them. Then at the end of the conversation, I can say, "Are you satisfied with my answers on that objection?" And they go, "Yes, okay." Now you move forward, but the sale. Doesn't have the the sale doesn't happen unless two things happens. You hear a no and you get an objection. Okay, good, good stuff. And and lastly, um, you know, I don't want to give the entire book away because I want people to support you and go out and get it. But in the in your book, you also have an area where you talk about sales myths. Can we just explore a couple of those myths that you mentioned in the book? So what myth specifically would you like to talk about? Okay, well, I just happen to have the book uh, here in front of me and marked, and there were a couple that uh, came to my 
uh, you know, interest as I read through it. So talk about uh, winning with the lowest price. Oh, that's that's one of my favorites, right? <laughs> okay. Um, because people think that if you have the lowest price, you're going to win the business. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is a myth because... The lowest price doesn't necessarily win the business over time, right? Lowest price means that the the person says they they want the lowest price. The lowest price usually does not give them, does not solve their problems totally, right? And so it it, kind of leaves out some, probably some very important pieces of the solution are left out. Because of the lowest price. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a myth. Um, and there's uh, some conversation about always saying yes to the customer. Yes. <laughs> so I challenge, you know, I challenge salespeople. The the good, great salespeople are always challenging their customers and say, "No, Mister Customer." That won't work because of X, Y, Z. Or no, Mr. Co- Tell them no. Because somebody that constantly says yes to you, you kind of wonder, you know, what's, what are they, what's their motive? Mm-hmm. You know, and their motive is to make a sale, mm-hmm. right? That's their motive. But I'm more interested in making many sales w- w- with you, not just w- one sale. So in order for me to be considered a trusted advisor and somebody that you can call on to help you solve other problems within your company, I need to tell you the truth, nothing but the truth, even if it hurts your feelings. Dennis? Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, you're frozen. Oh, where are can... you back? Yep, I'm, I'm here. I can hear you. Um, where can the Carrots to Succeed listeners uh, find a copy of your book? Okay, because I lost the audio there. You. Did you hear me? Okay. Okay. Had a little technical difficulty here. So, Dennis, um, two places. Are one, one is Amazon. Right, it's 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 on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's on my my website, www.tlssalescoach.com. Um, that's another place. People that are looking f- for me, uh, they can reach me at on LinkedIn, obviously, and through my email address, which is yep, through my email address, which is tls at ewcconsultants.com or feel free to give me a call at 301-343-0001. All right. Thank you. So um, today we had a special guest, Mr. Thomas Ellis of EWC Consultants. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carriage to Succeed podcast. For more information on developing a successful sales team or sales program, reach out to Shore LLC 
at www.scottupshaw.net. This Courage to Succeed podcast is sponsored by Shore LLC and is available wherever you get your podcast. It can also be found on our website at scottupshaw.net. I'm your host, Dennis Harris.